Hi everyone and welcome to the uh, next episode of uh, Society for Arabian Studies podcast. I'm Anna Alexanian and today I'm speaking with Dr. Melissa Bilal who just finished teaching as uh, the Dominion Visiting Professor of Armenian Studies at the University of Chicago in the Department of Near Eastern Languages and Civilizations. She holds a PhD in Ethnomusicology from the same university. We also have Dr. Lernek Mekciolo with us. She is the Macmillan Stewart Associate Professor of History at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. She is also affiliated with the Women and Gender Studies program. Welcome to the podcast and today we are going to speak about your project, Feminism in Armenian, which includes a book, and a a digital archive. So, can you give us a summary of this uh, project? Um, Hi, Anna. Thank you for inviting us. It's great to be here. Um, First of all, the title of the book is Feminism in Armenian, an Interpretive Anthology. It is an anthology that includes uh, selected pieces from particular women, uh, which I'll be talking about, as well as authored uh, articles about them. So the book focuses on 12 Armenian women who we consider to be feminists. Some of them identified as feminists, some of them didn't at the time, but now uh, we can, by applying some criteria, we can call them as feminists. So these 12 women were active from 1860s to 1960s. In one way or another, they talked about women and men's equality, egalitarianism rights, as well as Armenian nationalism, Armenian different types of Armenian national agendas. We start with the first Armenian woman who published a woman's, a women's journal. Her name is Yelbiske Seratsyan. She published the first Armenian women's journal in 1862 in Constantinople, in Ottoman Constantinople. And we end with Siran Seza, who published the last longest-running Armenian women's journal in the, in the diaspora, in, in Beirut specifically. All these women were born as Ottoman subjects, um, but they died, the ones who died after the genocide, they died in various places, including the Republic of Turkey, uh, as well as the United States, France, and Soviet Armenia. I can provide the names of these women later, but what is important about them is that in one way or another, they were trailblazing figures. They did something that was unusual for their time, mostly taking up the pen, to intervene into the common Armenian discourse, whatever it may have been. The digital archive is a website in which we include, I mean, we have been doing research about these women for the last 20 years, and in the archive we will be sharing all of our uh, findings uh, from different libraries and archives all around the world, both their published uh, works as well as their unpublished pictures, works, letters, memorabilia of different sorts, as well as um, pieces written about them. 
it is a big uh, digital humanities project that we uh, will be launching together with the uh, publication of the book. So the book is includes translations by these women that we selected, as well as the articles that Melissa and I will be writing. We are writing about them, more analytical as well as descriptive uh, pieces. Thank you, Lerna. And um, Melissa, so why were you interested in this project? I know that you were in the same university together, Boazici University, and you started this project long before coming here in this point. Uh, yes, Anna, thanks for hosting us. As you said, when we were both college students of sociology at Boazici University, Istanbul, Inspired by the classes we took on feminism, race, post-colonial theory, and politics of minority politics in Turkey, or the history of women's movement in the Ottoman Empire, so on, we got inspired uh, to conduct research on the history of Armenian feminism, and uh, first the intention was to present them with a, with a group of other Armenian um, young feminist college uh, students to present them to the community but then we uh, started working on this uh, project as an academic scholarly uh, project and in 2001 uh, we wrote and published an article in Turkish on Haigan Mark and we for the first time we raised this question the critical question of who is an Ottoman woman who is an Ottoman and we criticized the fact that Ottoman women's movement, the historiography of Ottoman women's movement was only um, taking Muslim or Turkish, Muslim Turkish women as the subjects of history. In 2006, we published our book in Turkish uh, titled Bir Adalet Feryadı, A Cry for Justice, uh, and an expression that Haiganush Mark used for feminism. And um, in this book, we featured five pioneering Armenian feminist uh, writers of the Ottoman Empire and Republic in Turkey. So this book was an anthology that included Turkish translations of selected texts in original Armenian from these five authors. And in addition, uh, it was an edited volume because for each author we included an analytical article written by scholars such as Victoria Rowe and Hasmi Khalapia. Mm -hmm. uh, this book drew on the research we conducted in our pre-doctoral years and in our doctoral works as well in two different departments, uh, me in music, Lerna in history and Near Eastern studies. Our works were in constant dialogue with each other and we questioned um, we wrote our, both of us wrote our dissertations with a feminist perspective uh, and we were interested in the formation of our own community of Bolsahais, Istanbul Armenians and the formation of gendered subjectivities uh, as Armenian women. So when we both were teaching uh, and designing our own gender studies classes, gender and sexuality studies classes at MIT, Columbia, or University of Chicago, or Boston University, we felt the necessity of an English language textbook, and we came up with this project, Feminism in Armenian. And actually, one of the main reasons what, why it motivated us in our in, in our project now is the fact that the Turkish Turkish edition had a big impact and mm. uh, had a real paradigm shift 
not only in Ottoman women's history and the history of feminism in Turkey, but in the larger field of Ottoman and Turkey studies. Today, our book in Turkish is used as a textbook at the universities in Turkey and as a source book in many activist events and publications in Turkey. And it was also a major intervention to Armenian historiography and the history of Istanbul Armenian community. And we are very happy that today in Armenian community schools in Istanbul, uh, it is also used as a test uh, source book in literature classes or in certain events and activities. So it brings me to the uh, to my other question so you you talk about your book in turkish i remember i was very jealous that i was not able to read it and not in armenian not in english and i needed that book so i want to ask about other books which we have in a field and i want to ask what differentiations your book brings to the field compared to other books that you mentioned Victoria Rose book about Armenian women so what is new let me take it up Um, that's a very good point so when we started this it was 1999 when we first wrote the book around that time uh, basically there was nothing written on Armenian women who, Armenian women that are not princesses or they were not um, queens of the past or weren't like heroic women as such. Specifically about Armenian women authors, uh, there was pretty much nothing except for in some of the Armenian International Women's Association's publications, because they have been organizing these conferences and they published their proceedings. There were some articles about women and journalism. Uh, Sona Zeitlian is uh, probably the first woman, Armenian woman, is a scholar who wrote about uh, some specific Armenian women who uh, were writers in the 19th century, beginning in the 19th century. Then Victoria Rose's book on the history of uh, Armenian women's writing came out. Um, it is a monograph that includes a number of Armenian women, including uh, a very welcome development, Eastern Armenian women, uh, mm-hmm. such as Hadisian is in that book, in addition to some uh, Western Armenian uh, authors, such as Zabel Yesean and Zabel Asadur. Um, then we had some dissertations here and there. So, mm-hmm such as Hasmi Kalapian's uh, dissertation, which comes up until 1914. Uh, she did it at the Central European University. But this was the beginning of, the, of, of a subfield that was very much, which remained outside of the main Armenian studies. It still was mm-hmm. quite marginalized. If you weren't specifically interested in those particular women, you mm-hmm. wouldn't read them. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we want to do an anthology. So in terms of anthologies, oh sorry, I also um, forgot to mention, also Anait Harutyunyan in Armenia, mm-hmm. uh, around those years, I think early to uh, late 2000s, published Yereveli Dignant Tara, yeah. uh, similarly a collection that focuses on... Um, being 19th century when these women uh, heard their voices and had the courage to really go out to the public sphere of the ideas and participate. 
she also wrote a volume, quite on the descriptive side, but we wanted uh, with our book, Bir Adalet Feryada in 2006, uh, 2006 and now with this particular book we really pay a lot of attention to um, to including the these specific women's writings in their own voice meaning this we don't know any other anthology that focuses on Armenian women Eastern Armenian Western Armenian any Armenian the first one is in our book in Turkish in 2006. And one of the reasons why we wanted to do this in English now, and also we will be publishing it in Armenian, we want it to be translated to Turkish as well as Arabic, whatever relevant language there is, is because of people like you, like younger generation of uh, scholars who have like multiple languages. You also know Russian. Like it could, yeah. it would be lovely mm -hmm. to have this translated into Russian, um, have access to not just my Evlerna or Melissa Bila's interpretation of these authors, but their, their own voices, really. The women themselves speaking. That's why ontology is, uh, is a very significant interventionist idea, uh, we think. And uh, yes, and the idea of giving voices of these women activists through your book actually will provide us with an opportunity to create a dialogue between centuries and generations. So who is your target readership? That's my next question. Why I'm asking? Because it's very important to know who I mean, who you are expecting going to use your book or use your digital archive? Um, let me just tell you about where I am, also, not just only in Armenian studies, but also in other fields. So I am a scholar. So my chair at MIT is Women in the Developing World. I am... I operate in the field of women and gender studies, specifically in the Middle East and North Africa. I've been teaching courses in this. Um, I go to conferences on this topic, but I never have any had never had any chance uh, to learn anything about Armenians in this field because there is really no one who works on this in this on Armenians in this field. So one of the main target fields of this book is. Uh, third world slash women, uh, Middle Eastern or like South or underdeveloped countries, non-West, non-West women and gender studies uh, programs. Uh, so as Lerna said, uh, because as Lerna said, we want this book to make an intervention to Ottoman and Middle Eastern studies, uh, but we also want to rewrite the history of the global beginnings of feminism. So our book will not only be the first ever anthology with the English translations of the original works of these women, but also the first project that focuses on 12 Ottoman-born Armenian feminists and reads their lives and works in relation to each other, complementing each other with, a, with, a, with this bigger purpose of coming to an understanding or theorizing what Ottoman and post-Ottoman Armenian feminism at the turn of the 20th century was. So this theorization is important because, as I said, we want to situate their thought and activism within the history of 
global feminism from a femi- uh, from a comparative perspective because these women uh, were in constant dialogue with um, socialism, nationalism, internationalism, and philosophical and theoretical currents of their times, and they were responding to these um, these thoughts and political uh, movements and and anti-slavery. They have. Mm-hmm. One of the very exciting things that uh, our book is bringing into visibility is how much these Armenian women thought about the abolitionist movement. Um, And this way, we also want to move away from this unidirectional, linear understanding of the beginnings of feminism in the West and moving to the East or to the South basically to get rid of all these categories of like West, East, uh, North, South and come up with a really situate um, their voices within this global understanding. Our project also pays special attention to the interactions between Ottoman Armenian feminists and Ottoman Muslim feminists, such as Turks, Kurds, Caucasians and Arabs and other non-Muslim feminists of the empire, Greeks and Jews. So it also uh, will uh, have an important impact contribution to a critical understanding of Ottoman feminist history. And also a theoretical important intervention is that rather than romanticizing this togetherness based on an assumed sameness of Ottoman womenhood, uh, our book, our project uh, proposes a research agenda that inquires the possibilities and impossibilities faced by Ottoman women in their search for solidarity, Ottoman women and the post-Ottoman context, feminism in post-Ottoman context. And the other important front, I want to say, front of struggle is the Armenian community, Armenians everywhere, Armenian communities everywhere. Uh, we want our book to and Project Digital Archive to provide sources mm-hmm. for schools or community institutions that teach in Armenian, that have Armenian language instruction or literature inter- instruction. And we want to have this book as a, as a source book also for them. And we actually had positive feedback so far. Uh, we went to get to Nagan High School, the school we both graduated from, and uh, we talked uh, with students and teachers. They were very receptive. They were very open to finding ways to incorporate this material to the high school level uh, curriculum. And we went to the St. James Church Sunday School in Watertown for students who were younger than high schools students and they were also very receptive so we all came up with ideas about creating children's storybooks audiobooks and using technology basically to uh, bring this project into the community in like every every uh, age group and one last thing and uh, Lerna can uh, continue that thread that we also want to say that um, this will be a major uh, intervention to Armenian studies as well. We want to see feminist Armenian studies, Armenian feminist studies to grow and unfold. There is, it is a growing field. There, there is research on 
Russian, Armenian, Iranian imperial contexts, Armenian feminists in these three empires and their imperial diasporas and contemporary in Soviet Armenia and also contemporary Armenian feminist and queer activism and literature today. So feminist Armenian studies is growing and we, we want to create this field, empower this field. And our project is really not intending to write the history of great Armenian women or writing his, women back into this Armenian uh, national grand uh, meta-narrative of history. Uh, what we are doing is basically rewriting the mm. Ottoman Armenian history or post-Ottoman Armenian history from a feminist perspective, from these women's perspectives, because in their, with their memoirs, with their political uh, commentaries, with their essays and novels and literary works, these women are providing us uh, resources and we are bringing these resources into visibility of how these cornerstones of this meta-narrative uh, was actually experienced in the everyday level, gender relations, how it shaped female sexuality, male sexuality, masculinities, femininities, and we are basically trying to bring this feminist perspective into uh, Armenian studies. So um, I know that you organized also workshop <laughs> titled Feminist Intervention in Armenian Studies and Armenian Interventions in Feminist Studies. Um, you organized it at MIT in 2018. I was there. I was lucky to be there. But I want you to tell us more about that workshop and results, that, uh, your conclusions. Um, can you tell us more, Verna? Mm-hmm. Yes, the workshop uh, Melissa and I organized it at MIT in April 2018. Um, it was about 17, 18 people in total, uh, about 10, 13 people from uh, outside Armenia, United Kingdom, and different parts of the world uh, participated in terms of the invited guests. So the goal for this first one was basically to make some uh, noise, A, to tell that we are here, there are Armenian women uh, scholars, historians, anthropologists, musicologists, um, literature experts, that that we are doing great, great work, but we don't necessarily feel like, I mean, I'm generalizing here, but there is this general... Um, not just resentment, but this unease about the fact that both Armenian women scholars themselves, as well as topics that pertain to to women, are somewhat underrepresented mm-hmm. uh, in broader Armenian studies. Having said that, we don't have enemies. Like it is difficult. So there are it is it is difficult to make this position in the sense that. There are historical and sociological reasons for this that we are very aware. So the enemy is not particular Armenian men scholars or particular uh, societies or associations. We really want to unpack, wanted to unpack the structural conditions that led to the invisibility and the silence when it comes to contemporary and past Armenian uh, women. Uh, in the workshop, we emphasized both the experience of being an Armenian woman in academia, be it in mostly in the United States, but also in 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 Europe, 
and to a smaller extent in Armenia. But we also discussed the ways in which we can change the situation that uh, bothers us. We, we had graduate students, we had translators, we had senior, uh, already retired um, scholars in the workshop who shared their experiences with us. There really was a lot of bridge, uh, bridging of generations, uh, perspective, theoretical stances, all that. And we want to continue this, not to give, to encourage, like we, one of the goals of feminist uh, Armenian studies, as we see it, is to encourage and to mainstream, really, the work on not just like women, but masculinity also, femininity, mm -hmm. in general, gender issues. Like how does Armenianness look mm -hmm. different, both in the past and in the present, if you are not a, a male person? in its very stereotypical construction, right? Like we experience life differently depending on who we are. And as Armenians, we know this more than anyone else because we are a diaspora nation. We, it, the differences within Armenianness in terms of location is very pronounced. Mm -hmm. So we, we are trying to expand this access of difference to include um, gender as well, to make it as more intersectional uh, as much intersectional as it's possible. Um, we, and we want to turn it into a continuing workshop series. Uh, in 2019, the workshop, the second uh, Feminist Armenian Studies workshop, will convene at the University of California, Irvine. Uh, Melissa and I are collaborating with Dr. Huri Berberian, who is the Merruni chair uh, there one of the three Armenian women who holds an Armenian studies chair in the United States. I think, if I'm not mistaken, we have a total of 17 chairs, three of which are held mm -hmm. by Armenian women. One of them is Dr. Berberian. And then we want to move to Armenia, of course. And the next year, the following year, most likely we'll convene the workshop in Armenia with more Armenian local Hayastansi uh, scholars contribution there. Um, one of the uh, last things that I would like to say about the workshop is that it's, even though Melissa and I, we take this organization of this workshop as our main responsibility, looking to the future and looking forward, we really want um, to expand this. So in the sense that we want not just volumes like ours to appear, meaning there must be a, so uh, the women that we focus in our book for instance is only they wrote in western armenian there there has to be an eastern armenian version mm -hmm. of this book that i mean ideally means and i should we should do other things and people who are more well versed in eastern armenian should be doing that book or there can be volumes different types of project about uh women musicians women um actresses or mm -hmm. just simple even they don't have to have a public uh, persona. There can be particular marginalized nuns, maybe, for instance, in the Armenian church in different parts of the world. Um, so the the goal here is, A, on, A, of course, as we talked about, intervene in the scholarly field. Okay, that mm -hmm. intervene, one of them being Armenian studies, the others, as we talked. But the other one is really to have a vision, more pedagogical and psychological um, goal, which is uh, to provide role models 
uh, to living uh, women and girls who happen to be Armenian mm-hmm. without writing a great women's history. Meaning, um, we need women to populate our history and women to be more visible in our contemporary context. So we talk a lot about the revolution, for instance, Mm -hmm. our Velvet Revolution, women's participation there, women's visibility, Mm -hmm. thanks to Facebook, thanks to Twitter. We did see, and now we can make this comparison, or we can challenge this. What happened is that if women were there, they also should be represented. Types of, like, this kind of logic, this kind of logic should extend to the past. Because we know that in the past, these specific women did some specific things and, for instance, we document this in our book, and it is not just unfair to them that we don't see them in our books, textbooks, or even common Armenian memory, public memory, but it is not just it's not unfair to them, but it's also unfair to our growing new uh, present-day Armenian girls. It's like, I feel like it's a deprivation. Like, we deprive our, our girls That's to important. knowing mm-hmm. and being inspired by these particular figures because we know that history matters. Again, Armenians know, like we cry so hard for, like we try so hard for the Armenian genocide recognition, right? Like what happened in the past and how we name it is in our blood. So as women, we also feel the same way about the contributions of our ancestors who happened to be not just Armenian, but also women. So, but specifically name for, because I also, we also talk a lot about the fact that uh, there's, Anonymity. So we have, for instance, the Yerevan yes. example, right? Mm-hmm. Go to Yerevan, there are all these uh, statues. Um, mm-hmm. We are all proud. Uh, Gomidas, uh, all these me- uh, Saryan, big statues. Like the, uh, uh, in Yerevan itself, there are about 120 statues that are named and they're all after men. We don't have one single, uh, at least dominating statue that is after a woman. When I say this, people are always like, oh, my Hayastan, you forgot Mother Armenia. She's up there. She's looking at all of us. She's the dominating one, except she doesn't have a name. Yes, this collective re- collective representation of Armenian women, uh, anonymity, as you have mentioned, is a real problem. Because we have this collective images of good Armenian mothers, sisters, I mean, heroic images, but we do not have um, names. Um, which your project is going to give us. I call it the missing part of Armenian history. We are missing the voices of Armenian women from our history, which should be fixed. So uh, do you have something to add, Melissa? Working on a history project like this is very important because we both were sociology students who uh, learned how to fight, learned theories of have to decipher, deconstruct racism, capitalism, sexism, homophobia, all these uh, structures of oppression. And we turned to history and we are reading all these texts from this perspective. And these women's words are empowering us. And it's not just a history project. It also gives us resources to empower others to fight, to um, get inspired, learn how to fight sexism and homophobia and all discrimination and that is why we think that it is important that our project will also 
be seen not just a history project but a good use of history for uh, creating these role models who fought against discrimination and uh, oppression. And uh, on this good note, I just want to thank you uh, for being with uh, us today and for sharing the details of your ongoing project. Thank you.